if there's a way you can easily say like, hey, don't be scared of me. I've changed my beliefs and I'm willing to talk about it. Then it for the people who do care, it really helps open. And I've had thousands of messages. I'm not even joking. Thousands of people saying, I haven't talked to my mom in two years. I sent this to her and we're talking again. Like bridges are being built because people are being vulnerable and saying like, this is not as scary as it needs to be. Let's just talk about it. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and I'm excited to be able to share this episode with everybody. Uh, this is one of those ones that, you know, when you're late, middle of the night, you're you're searching, you, you woke up for some reason uh, from your very, very peaceful slumber, and you, you find yourself just sort of scrolling on the internet, and then you happen upon something that gets your mind going, and then you can't go back to sleep, and you're actually thankful that you found it, but you're also wishing that maybe you could have found it in like daylight hours. That's the genesis of this episode. Uh, I'm talking with Lily from Dear Mormon Me, and you may not have heard of this, uh, this uh, Facebook page before. Um, but you may have seen um, what she prepared a little while ago. It's uh, it's a series of probably about 10 graphics that uh, she shares her thoughts on the LDS community attempting to warm-splain why we left. Welcome, Lily. Hey, thanks for having me here. Uh, I want to start here. Uh, the uh, the term warm-splain, for those that maybe don't get the vernacular or the slang, what is that? Um, it's essentially when... My LDS friends attempt to explain things that having experienced 30 plus years in a religion, I most likely already know. Mm -hmm. And it's a little bit, uh, uh, it just feels like they're talking down versus like having an actual conversation. Uh, right. And I, I would assume, though, let me not put words in your mouth that it's sort of derived from like mansplain, which is... Yeah, more popular. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's kind of to lighten the mood a little bit. It's a, a little bit of a joke just to to keep things light. Uh, I I uh, heretofore uh, submit that there. we should make the term "mormsplain" uh, part of Merriam-Webster's. I've already sent them right. uh, that to try and get that to be a part of it. So I mean, of course, it should be right in there with "mansplain." <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't fall uh, alphabetically exactly one after the other, but it should. You know, it's in the it's in the same section certainly. Sure. Uh, now, Lily. So tell us a little bit about you. Then uh, you were you were. I'm inferring by what you said. Uh, a member of the church and are, are now no longer. Uh, I technically still have my records intact for various reasons, uh, but uh, I don't believe the uh, just in the church's truth claims anymore, but culturally and historically, very much so still a Mormon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I identify very much as a Mormon still. So, And, and some people will be like, now, now, Lily, that's member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I think that there's that sort of cultural um, discussion where, you know, like uh, uh, an Orthodox Jew or Jewish people, you can be Jewish and never go to a synagogue and all. And and in the last probably five, 10 years, uh, a lot thanks to the folks over at Sunstone and, and in particular, I'm thinking of Lindsay Hanson Park, who who sort of has adopted this. Listen, there's more than one way to Mormon. There's yeah. uh, you can be a cultural Mormon person who is swigging back your Jack Daniels and having your morning coffee. Right, yeah. you're still Mormon because that's how you were raised and and, and your cultural traditions. So, so oh, yeah, and it's such a huge part of my identity and uh, accounted for a lot of the decisions I made. And there's a lot of things about 
my Latter-day Saint identity that I am and forever will be grateful for. And were so beautiful to me. So I don't want to get rid of that completely. It's still so much a part of who I am. Do you ever get the people who push against that and go, well, you made the choice. You left that all behind. Cause it seems like that's what, you know, anecdotally I hear some people say is it's like, no, there is black. You are in, you are doing the things you have all the things you get to claim all the stuff. And then if you don't, it's like, nope, you don't get to have any of it. Uh, Yeah. And I think there is a spectrum, like you said, with Lindsay Hanson Park, like there's so many different types of Mormons and Latter-day Saints. And the reason why I use the term Mormon is because there's, there's FLDS and RLDS people reading my content and uh, that kind of all falls under that umbrella. And um, they're like, I don't think anybody's allowed to define what Mormonism means to any individual. No matter how much we try. <laughs> sure. Right. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, so, so I would be curious because you kind of highlighted this a, a little bit, like what's one decision that because you were uh, active in the LDS church that sort of guided or changed the trajectory of your life um, that you are grateful for, but now obviously with stepping back from the church? Um, I, I uh, want to write a little story about this and illustrate it like I did the other one. One of the main things is I gave up an animation career. I never pursued that because I was married at 19 and was pregnant by 21, uh, which I do not regret. I have the most incredible husband and partner in the entire world. I would never change that decision, but there's been a lot of conflict between giving into this conditioning growing up that my most important role I could ever possibly achieve was wife and mother, which kind of wore me down to the point where I was like, uh, I shouldn't pursue these uh, dreams of being an animator because that could get in the way of that. And my, my ambitions are more powerful than my desire to be a mother, which felt sinful to me. So I kind of had to release those things and kind of give in to what I felt like God was calling me to do, which is marriage and motherhood. Yeah, the great, the greatest responsibility that you could have is what sure. you would hear people kind of spoken about. Uh, for, for context for people, uh, just to give an idea of kind of the era in which uh, you were uh, early married and then kind of grew up, how old are you? Uh, I'm mid-30s. Okay, okay. Yeah, so not, the not too distant past. I know uh, there there is definitely a push about this in the last I don't know, I'd say five years where it's like, okay, everyone, let's, let's clear all that out and let's talk about how you can have aspirations and have a career. And you can also be a mom and be able to fulfill that, that thing that you want. And it doesn't have to be one or the other, or one, as you put, is not sinful where the other one is, is the correct choice. Yeah. I've, I really have seen a lot of progress made in the church in this direction. And I think it's a lot of us millennials who experienced that are now Mm -hmm. the young women leaders and we're now teaching this to our young women. And, uh, it's not so much a a black and white thing, but more of a, uh, you know, agency or what you believe is right for you. Personal revelation, uh, that was not really as emphasized for us, Mm -hmm. uh, back then. Well, you were raised back in the day of the uh, chewed bubble gum and the, and the, the soiled wedding dress and the cupcakes. Yep. The crumbled yep. dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Look yes. him up. If, you, if people are listening to this and don't know what we're referencing, we won't go into it. But man, I am so grateful we are gone of the days of doing those um, those examples yes. for, for yeah. virtue and chastity. All right. So uh, before we get too far away from it, you're still in your mid-30s. You could have a full, very satisfying animation career. I just want to... As someone who has just completely shifted his career in his early 40s, it's hard. It will feel scary as anything in the world, but but you're not dead. You're not even over the hill. You're still looking up the hill going, please, that much more hill before we get there. So it's true. I and I have been working on it like um, I've, I've kind of been actively working on it for the past 15 years as long as I've been married and my husband is the main reason why he's like what are you doing you have all this talent do something with it and so uh I I have and ways like this where I use my art in order to help people is kind of a way of boosting my confidence in my abilities to create art in a meaningful way that that helps uh it's kind of making up for lost time in a way and working towards that goal in the process. There is no future. There is no past. Live each day as your last. Um, So uh, I want to get into this because we sort of kind of referenced uh, these things that you, that you drew these images, they have the sort of character along with it, but it, it helps to more explain why we left. And the first one says, so a bunch of your friends have just announced that they've left the LDS church via a viral anonymous question app. Now what? And uh, just quick tangential, it's that NGL app that I think that yeah. you're referencing, right? Where people yeah. can send anonymous questions uh, or you can say, tell me an anonymous statement. And then because it's anonymity, people feel a little bit more brave to ask questions that they wouldn't ordinarily ask. Yeah, that's that's essentially it. And I think it's the reason why the church stuff came up so much is because there is this morbid curiosity when people leave, like... Uh, I think we all just are like, what happened? Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's similar to when somebody gets divorced or the, like a family issue comes up, like there's always that morbid curiosity. So this is kind of a, an outlet to be able to ask these questions. Like, I bet there was a lot of parents asking their children or best friends or who knows that like, there's just this taboo preventing them from asking these questions. Which is, in a way, sort of sad, isn't it? That we can't have those sort of connecting conversations to just be able to be like, hey, you can tell me to butt out and it's none of my business if you feel like this is inappropriate. But, like, I, I am curious. I am. I do care about you. I would love to know. Yes. It's why, a, it's a, why did you leave? And it won't threaten my faith. It doesn't change who I am or our relationship. And I think that those are important like parameters to put around it, but, but ask the question if you genuinely care about that individual. Absolutely. And when I experienced my faith journey, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the most surprising thing about it is because I'm a very open, uh, sharing person and very outgoing. And so many of my family and friends were completely silent about it. And I was like, I didn't want to like force anything on anybody because, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but I was like, does anybody care? I just experienced this major life change. Is anybody concerned at the very least? Like, why aren't we talking about this? And that was kind of my motivation for, for that with the NGL thing. I was like, oh, people are finally asking the question that nobody dares ask. Yeah. 
it seems like a, a an absence of a Christian principle, right? Like really caring about another individual. Like you say, if someone got married, we'd be like, oh, how did you meet? What is, you know, and we'd sort of celebrate with them. And and maybe to put the word celebrate about someone, you know, finding their way around the church. But I guess there is a celebration to to people finding, you, you know, the thing that makes them happy, the journey that that they can go along. But we always yin and yang this with like, well, but the truth is here and you need to be a part of this club. And and what are you going to do if you don't? And and and. And and then when you die, what do we do? Right. So there it's so much more to it. But I I don't think that we ever go wrong by just loving the other person and being like, hey, how are you? What's going on? Yeah. And I think that's it's really hard. And I totally understand why it is hard, because I was in the same position for so many years. Uh, And so I understand why people don't often reach out or ask, because uh, there's a lot of like internal things happening about that. There is mourning if if this is your belief and it, and it was my belief uh for those people it is sad to see their friends leaving something that they believe will bring you ultimate happiness mm-hmm. so it really is a perception thing and that's why i i can't be too hard on my faithful friends and family because i know the sadness that comes along with seeing your friends leave yeah yeah uh, and and so to help us, you have given us steps, and I want to get into some of these steps. Uh, however, I want to take a break real quick, and we'll come back and we'll do that in the second block of the Cultural Hall. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, remember that you can become a Patreon saint of the Cultural Hall. Simple as $3, uh, $5. Actually, let me think about what I'm saying right now. It's $5 or $10, or you can be uh, one of the ones that we mentioned at the end of the show for $25 a month. It gets you to be a part of that uh secret but not sacred Facebook group where we all hang out and talk about the uh, different episodes of the show. And you can also get easy access to the more than 600 episode back catalog of the Cultural Hall. So check that out. It's patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. Legally, uh, you have these six steps. And I think that this is important. Um, so I want to take no more time uh, and just get right into it. Step one is avoid making assumptions. Tell me what we're talking about. Uh uh, from a lot of this is based on my own experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from my experience, every time I saw one of my friends or family leave the church, I never ever asked them why, mm-hmm. but I certainly had many opinions on why they left the church. And to the point that I, it, even in my talks in church, I was like, my best friend left the church because she didn't need Jesus anymore. Like <laughs> just a bunch of things that, uh, were based completely on the subject. I never talked to her once about it. I just, right. I just, uh, for my own sake, was like, well, it must have been for this reason. And then uh, we didn't have a relationship for the next 10 years until I actually reached out and asked her about it. So I'm trying to prevent that initial um, 
impulse to just assume based on a lot of the reasons that we've maybe heard at church or have kind of culturally accepted as reasons why people leave. And to put voice to some of that, it's, you know, people will say, oh, they left because they were lazy. They didn't want to get up anymore. They, there was some sort of principle tithing or word of wisdom that they wanted to indulge in rather than be able to adhere to. Are there other popular, what's that? They got offended. Offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the spilled milk or the, uh, the, uh, milk story from the early yeah, the milk strippings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and to be fair, I think that those things do occur, but I think it is a far, far less occurrence than something much deeper and much more personal for people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so if we're to avoid making assumptions, what is kind of the, uh, what is the, the, the contrast of that? What should we do then in that step one? Um, I would just suggest not even making assumptions, just say, uh, I mean, I think it's fine to wonder, but never apply any assumption until you have asked them. Yeah. Just avoid it. <laughs> yes. For, for you, you, you mentioned that, um, no one really kind of asked you as you were taking this faith journey, how I think, and this is where I think it trips people up a little bit. Cause I think that they do care. Um, it might be a little bit messy cause I've never asked that question before. How do you think that someone should approach asking that question? Is it like, Hey, come on over. We want to have you over for dinner or can we go get a, you know, a swig drink and sit down and, and, and talk about this? Like how, how should people approach that? If in fact they genuinely care and want to know and want to love that person. Um, I have a really good example of what my best friend did. Uh, um, first of all, I think the relationship really determines on if this is an appropriate question to ask. If it's just like some random person down the street, mm-hmm. uh, it might not be the best thing to ask. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, uh, but if your relationship does allow for it, that's later in the slides. But uh, my best friend, in the most lovingly wonderful way said, Hey, I've noticed that you're not wearing your garments anymore. And Mm. I mean, garment checking also is like another boundary, but we're close enough that that wasn't a weird question. Right. She's like, I love, I love that shirt you're able to wear. How are you able to wear that with, Oh, Oh, (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and I said to her, um, I, I was so taken, I was so thrown off. I was because, um, I couldn't believe that she was willing to ask the question because nobody had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very careful about how I answered. And I said, um, there are certain things in my life that, um, and certain choices I'm making that have left me to not want to wear my garments anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just the way that she's so lovingly and in a very non-threatening way just said, Hey, I've observed this about your life and I want to know what's going on. I want to understand um, so I can support you. Uh, and from that day forward, like it felt like a burden was lifted off of me because my best friend cared enough to put aside her own feelings and her own religion and try to understand this life change that was happening. So I think just being vulnerable on both sides is huge. Just saying like, I've, I've been noticing this. And since I care about you, I just want to understand uh, why this is important to you. 
And I'm betting on the other side of what you said to her, she didn't say, well, I can't believe that you would break your covenants that you made with God. And I hope you feel, you know what I'm saying? Like that response <laughs> from, from her end as well is imperative that it, it, it shows love as well. Cause you can ask, be very vulnerable, ask a great question and then be a real jerk once you've opened up the other person and then just slam it home. And, and yes. that we need to be mindful of as well. Absolutely. And you know what it also opened the door for? Because I've had many people who decided to tell me that, you know, I'm breaking my covenants and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, but the what this did was open a safe door for communication. Mm-hmm. Because my life did change in a lot of ways. Not like I'm still the same person I was, but there like there are some things that did change. And I feel safe discussing those things with her. And at the same time, I value her experience in the church just as much as she values mine out of it. It's Mm -hmm. very mutual respect that we've really worked on having. And and I would imagine too, uh, you know, I'm sort of playing and flip-flopping on both sides. You also didn't say to her, thank you for asking. And now I need to tell you why you need to do exactly what I've done, because I can't believe that you would stay with an organization because that exists too. That's why some people don't want to have that conversation is because they want to be respected and be able to stay in the faith because that's the choice that they've made. Right. And do you know what I say to my fellow post-Mormons when that comes up? You were in the church for how long? You yep. believed for how, like, what, how would you expect somebody to suddenly adapt or adopt your exact worldview just because you've changed? Mm-hmm. Why do you expect everybody else to have to now do exactly what you're doing when you believed this for so long? Like you, we of all people should understand why people believe in the gospel and value those, those beliefs. So it, I feel like it's, uh, doing people a disservice to to call into question their beliefs just because mine have changed. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's well said. And it's sort we've sort of stepped into step two uh, unintentionally as far as just queuing it up. It's step two, if your relationship allows, ask them why they left. And then sort of a subtitle under that, if you're scared to ask, why is that? Let's, let's uh, go on to that a little bit more. Um, again, a lot of these things, the reason why I call it Dear Mormon Me is because a lot of these are kind of letters to myself, my mm-hmm. former self, talking and kind of confronting like a lot of these things I experienced. So uh, I know the reason why I assumed was because I was scared to know the answer. I didn't want to know because then it would cause me to have to uh, think about that there was an answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um And so I think a lot of this communication stops because we're unable to, uh, my friend was telling me about differentiation of self. We're, we're not able a lot of times to separate our own beliefs from what other people believe. Mm. Um, and some, I know from personal experience, when people talk about, about the church, I felt like that was a, a reflection of my beliefs. Right. And, uh, I, I was like, that's not me. That's not the church that I believe in. Like, don't, don't say those things. (laughs) Right. Right. uh, And so it it was really hurtful and scary when people were talking about the ways the church had hurt them or didn't work for them because I felt like it was almost trying to discredit my beliefs, Hmm. Uh, which now I see like it shouldn't be that way because people believing in the church doesn't discredit why I chose to left to, to leave. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is, it's such, 
there are so many parts of this that I just love that you simplified it and made it into these steps and great, great, uh, what, what would I say? Drawings? I, because they're not oh, animations. I want to be right. clear. And complimentary. Illustrations. illustrations thank you. <laughs> There's all these terms and I never get them right. Uh, but oh, these great God. illustrations that to help make it just simple for us to be able to kind of to poke through, you give a helpful hint, and uh, and we sort of said this a little earlier, uh, but you say why people leave usually has absolutely nothing to do with culture or getting offended or a bad local leader or wanting to sin or being lazy or a weak testimony. Uh, you mentioned within that same slide that you heard about theories about why you left. Has there ever or or were there ever opportunities where you said, Hey, I know you think I left because of this and I just want to clarify, or have you just sort of left that in the past? Um, if, if it would help the relationship, um, I know that a lot of people who assume those things or stick to those, uh, assumptions are doing so. It, it says a lot about like what they're thinking versus like our relationship. So I feel like explaining those things might not even uh, help anything and it would just like cause further harm. Uh, in my past attempts to kind of explain, and I never really explain details unless somebody gives me their consent. I don't right. really want to like lay on anything that might hurt them or cause them emotional harm mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, unless they, they consent to it. Uh, and I find that a lot of people who do opt to make these assumptions about me are doing so as a form of self-preservation. And so I don't, I don't feel like it helps to try and correct that unless they're willing to listen. Uh, so when the time comes, I'm happy to explain, but until then I'm, uh, it says more about them than it does about me, I guess. You know, you, you said something in there that I, I thought was interesting. And actually your post on social media drove me to do, uh, so there where there was a friend of mine who I sort of had questions about. I'm like, mm, I don't know, but like his posts sort of indicate to me that maybe he's no longer in the church, but it would, it, I, I guess it would be very surprising to me was the thought that I had like, you know, that, ah, no, not so-and-so, right. Or, you know, wh wh whatever <laughs> yeah. I had created in my mind, not, not that person. And, and so uh -huh. I see your post and, um, and then I just point blank asked him, I said, Hey, you know what? I, I just would love to know, is this still a thing that you're doing? And, uh, and he's like, you know what, if I'm, if I'm being honest, no, we have found our, our way out of it. And then, uh, to the point of what you just said, and I think it's a, a very crucial consideration for those who have left the church. And so hoping to any of those people that, that listen to the cultural hall that are in that situation would apply this, this idea of consent to be able to talk in the real deep things, because he did, he asked almost verbatim for that consent. I, he said, you know, I'm more than willing to talk to you about the exact things that drove me to where I couldn't worship in the, in the church anymore. But I would want to know that you are okay with me saying that. Cause I don't want to, you know, impact your life, impact your faith, you know, change these things or, or whatever the thing may be. And it, it sort of caused me pause for a second. Cause that's the first time I've ever had to be that deliberate before. Um, but secondarily, I just was like, huh, what, what a great caring offering from him to say, you know what, we can leave it here. And I know that you care about me because you asked this much and I really appreciate that. 
But if you have that, you know, that next step curiosity to know what the exact things were, I'm more than willing to tell you about it, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to, you know, be careful for you. Here we go. And we did. And it, and it was, you know, it was, um, it was a great opportunity for connection with me and this individual. Um, and I, that, and so I appreciated that. That is exactly the kind of dialogue I was praying would be created by this because what I had seen from the post that kind of inspired me to write this post was, um, so much people just frustrated and angry and upset and, mm-hmm and feeling misunderstood yet again. And, and then people who believe getting their, getting attacked for believing. And I was like, this is not helping anybody. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wish there was. And, and so I kind of described this, what you're describing is a, a safe way to start the conversation. Uh, it's kind of like Mormon safe content for the ex Mormon to share uh-huh. because there's, there's not really anything out there that ex-Mormons feel safe sharing because everybody usually sees that as an attack on their religion or their faith. So if there's a way you can easily say like, Hey, don't be scared of me. I've changed my beliefs and I'm willing to talk about it. Then it for the people who do care, it really helps open. And I've had thousands of messages. I'm not even joking. Thousands of people saying, I haven't talked to my mom in two years. I sent this to her. And we're talking again, like bridges are being built because people are being vulnerable and saying like, this is not as scary as it needs to be. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a, uh, that's uh, gotta be super fulfilling. I would imagine for you. Yes. I, uh, I mean, it, I'm just like a person. And so, uh, it's, it's nice that just for like a little stay at home mom here in Utah, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, there's something that I'm able to do to help um, in a meaningful way. Whereas I've kind of spent this whole time, uh, like a large part of my troubles in the church was not feeling like I can make an impact in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this is, this is making an impact and in the church and out of the church. So it's kind of like healing some of those former wounds I had. Yeah. I, I love it. I feel like that's one of those, you know, the unique experiences of which you have, the unique talents of which you have are able to come together in this perfect storm at this perfect time and be able to help people. That's a huge deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Single mom in Utah, or not single mom, but stay at home mom in Utah. I love how you downplay all that stuff. You're not old. It's not over. Give yourself a year. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard. It's really hard to deprogram and be like, I can be a mom and everything else. And yeah. all of those things are worthy and wonderful and great. Uh, the third step in all this, uh, I feel like we've gone over, but giving you the space to talk about anything that you may feel like we might have missed. Uh, do not morm splain. Uh, can you give us some kind of insight under that or maybe some things that would be easily more explained and and how we could non more explain them but still have a conversation around them yes and again based on experience i'm not trying to do this to shame anybody (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is this is totally what i used to do um and what happens a lot now and i observe it i'm like oh i understand this because i did this so many people react to me sharing my church journey my faith journey 
by bearing their testimony to me. Mm-hmm. And I always say like, thank you for sharing your beliefs with me. I really appreciate like, that's, that's a sacred thing for you to share that with me. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure like why my experience uh, in like initiated that reaction in you, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's interesting that that's the reaction that when people are met with something that makes them uncomfortable or that's challenging their faith, they have to like, reaffirm it to the source of what's causing their, their, their discomfort. And so, um, and it's kind of, I understand where they're coming from and I, I appreciate it, but also at the same time, I'm like, do you think I didn't know? Yeah. 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 I, I spent, I was the young woman leader. I was in the state primary presidency. My, like I worked at the church office building. I, uh, like I have pioneer ancestry, but I grew up in Utah. I, uh, like I got married in the temple. I know all of these things that you're, you're saying to me and I appreciate them sharing, but they're telling me as if I don't know already and that I somehow missed it. Mm -hmm. My, one of my best, uh, another one of my best friends, uh, who is very active in the church still. Um, uh, and we've, like it's been hard, but we've kind of reached a point where we have such a deeper understanding and love for each other that like our relationship is even better than it was before. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things uh, she did say was, "How's your scripture study?" When she found out I was uh, questioning and doubting, and I was like, "Oh no, 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 that's not the issue here." Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. think like uh, for people who've never been in the situation of the faith crisis or the uh, when you're having doubts to the degree of you're about to leave your lifelong religion, I don't think uh, members quite grasp the uh, degree of which you're uh, doubting the church beyond just like, it isn't about scripture reading. It isn't about praying at this point. Like there's a lot more that goes into it. So mm-hmm. um throwing kind of these primary answers at people who are like really in deep into some like really soul gripping things is kind of feels like pandering, I guess. Yeah. So more explaining doesn't really help anything. It's like, I always, I use a, a, a metaphor of like my house is foreclosing and you're trying to help by giving me a coupon for sour cream. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like those little warm splains aren't helpful in trying to understand each other. I want to take a break. And when we come back, I want to get to steps four five and six. We'll do that coming back in the third block of the cultural hall. Best DJ in Utah.com. That is the website. If you would like to hire me to come and to be at your event. Now, uh, I've done weddings and uh, family reunions, and I've had the opportunity to gather with folks just uh, for a party. I have yet to do a funeral. uh, And so I I don't want to say it with such exuberance, but I'm willing to play the music at a funeral, and I know that some people have really started to turn uh, the passing of someone into a party. Not that we're celebrating that they're gone. No, that's not what I'm saying. Take that back. Come on, Richie. I'm just saying the opportunity to be able to gather and celebrate the life of an individual. This suddenly got really dark, and I didn't mean it to. The point is, if uh, you have an event, an activity that you need music to be played for, why not considering 
consider rather hiring me, uh, you go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi friends, Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops with breaking news. Windows 11 is now here. It's fast and it's beautiful. So let's make sure your computer's ready to run it. Bring your PC into any PC Laptops right now at PCLaptops.com. PCLaptops.com. Here in the third block of the Culture Hall, remember you can always reach out to us if you really appreciate this episode that we're doing with Lily uh, from uh, Dear Mormon Me. You can send us an email, contact at theculturalhall.com and say, man, what a great episode. I can't believe how awesome that was. Uh, similarly, you could also send an email to that uh, email address and say, that was the worst episode ever because we never do anything in the middle. It always has to be the best or the worst. There's no like, that was good. Uh, you can send that contact at theculturalhall.com. Love to have your feedback. If there are other discussions that you feel like we should be having here in the hall, would love to hear what you think they uh, should be. And of course, if you feel like, man, I, I could be a good guest. I got some things I could talk about. Uh, feel free to hit me up. Contact at theculturalhall.com. All right, Lily, we've got four, five, and six. I want to get to it. Step four is validate with the sub. Uh, you don't have to agree in order to validate. So let's talk about this. I think this is a huge thing just in life, but especially in this whole church process that we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> yes, uh, this one, I feel like being on both sides of this uh, Mormon spectrum, uh, this one really hit hard to me because um, the, I think the number one reason why we're scared of people who leave is because we disagree with why they left. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's like, I would never leave for that reason, or I would never give up my, uh, eternal salvation. Um, uh, but the, if we're being honest, uh, there are things that are hard for people to reconcile within the, with it, within any religion or sure. group or anything. And, uh, what I've learned is just because something doesn't resonate with me, uh, or hurt me doesn't mean it, it's not hurting somebody else. And it is a huge human experience for us to be able to understand that you're experiencing something different than what I am and I can see that it's hurting you and I understand and I validate your pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think that the, the biggest act of love uh, members can do and that I wish that I had done is uh, when people leave, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy choice. Uh, they usually leave out of a, uh, an act of, uh, what they believe they're doing is right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, just because I disagree, I may disagree with why they left. doesn't mean that they didn't do the right thing for themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even if it was cultural based, I, I wish I had emphasized this, like, if somebody is in a toxic culture, that's okay to leave that culture as well. Like there's sure. nothing wrong with that, but um, it takes a lot of oh, effort to get to a place where you end up leaving something you love so much because the church was my entire world. It was everything, every, every like I, I even had a blog for a while, uh, that was a very popular handouts blog for young women handouts that I would make. And, uh, like it was, it was 
such a wonderful, beautiful part. And so in order to get to the the point where I felt like the only dis- the only choice I had was to leave was so incredibly painful. Uh, so when people belittle that and be like, well, you made a stupid choice. Uh, I mean, sure, that's fine if they think that. But if they love me, <laughs> uh, understanding and saying like, wow, I can see how hurt you were by this. It totally makes sense that you left. Uh, makes them a safe person. And our relationship is better. And we carry on and we're better friends than we were before. Uh, instead of like cutting off contact and losing that friendship and uh, uh, everything else that goes along with that. So, so I want to walk this out. Can we do a little demonstration? I'm going to be the person that leaves the church. Can we do this? Yeah, let's do it. And I'm going to leave the church because I feel like they are, um, I think they're financially subversive. I think that they're not honest with their money. I think that there's, this was, I had others in my mind, but I felt like this could be a little bit lighter than maybe some of sure. the other ones that we would do. I don't feel like they're transparent enough. And I, I feel like we're making, you know, people rich and, and, and they're living a lavish lifestyle. And I don't think we, we know about it or see it. And I, and, and I just can't, I can't do it. The fact that they would require me that to go to the temple and, and everything that goes with paying tithing and everything like that. I've just, it's, I'm out. I don't trust them, so I'm out. Mormon me would say, I am proud to be of a church, uh, be part of a church who uh, is so financially responsible and has lots of money. And uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Would, that's how Mormon would say. If I were talking to somebody who's leaving now, and I were still Mormon, I would say, um, I can tell that this issue means a lot to you, and uh, I have a sister who. Uh, Tithing really set them back on their family planning uh, because they had to uh, find other ways in order to have children. Like, and so it was really a sore spot when she learned about um, church and money and all the things that go with that. So I understand why that is really hard for you to uh, reconcile. And it makes sense that this is a, a, a thing that really means a lot to you and is hard for you to uh, understand. And mm. I can see why uh, you would, that would make you leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that because, uh, and, and I think that, you know, uh, kudos to you for being put on the spot like that. I didn't give you any sort of warning or anything like that, but, but I think what it's important is, is that you made the connection with the person and said, you know what, you know, I listen, I can tell that this is upsetting you. I want you to know that I love you, even though you're, or not, I shouldn't say that that way. I want, I want you to know that I love you and I'm sorry that you're going through this thing. I know that would be hard. I know that the church has meant a lot for you and know that I am here if you need anything. Yeah. And I like that you made that distinction there. Uh, when you said, I love you. And, um, because a lot of people, so many, and I did this, I do this still mm-hmm. say, I love you, even though you've left the church, which, right. uh, it, it, I know what they're saying and I know what they totally have the 1000% best intentions, but on the outside, I'm like, Oh, I said that so many times and it really sounds like I'm still judging you. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why uh, I corrected myself immediately in the moment. I'm not super great at it, but it makes I'm, a difference. Words no, matter. I still do it all the time. Uh, I, I think it's like a good way that we can recognize like what are, what are our own beliefs that we're putting onto people? Uh, and like, why does our experience have to project onto theirs? Uh, so just saying like, I love you and I 
I'm here to help you through this pain is, is so much better than saying like, uh, I love you. Um, no, uh, even though you've decided to leave my church. (laughs) I, I, uh, jokingly, and this will give you uh, a complete peek into the type of person that I am. Uh, and I, and I feel like those that I have shared this with appreciate this. Uh, hopefully I don't find out later that they don't, but I go, okay, well, uh, uh, I thank you for sharing with me that you left the church. I'm going to go ahead and take care of all your work for you. When you die, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll just put you on the list of friends. And I think that people, I think that that helps sort of lighten the mood a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's something that to me, I hope expresses, Hey, if there is anything within this sort of church realm that I can be of an assistance or a listening ear or whatever that thing may be, I want you to know that like, I'm, I'm still in, I still believe. And, and, and we're cool. Like it's fun. And and, uh, so it's sort of a fun way for me to also because these conversations can get pretty tense to just be like, let's, let's simmer this down. I'm still with yes. you. Keeping it light is very important. And I like the joke. I always do the joke from the other side and say like, you're welcome to do my work when I die. There you go. Thank Although you. there's some complications there. Cause I don't know if my work is undone, even though I uh, have left it's, it's complicated anyway. Yeah, but the well, point being uh, it. Uh, I, I always follow up and say, but if you do my work, I'll haunt you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think so long, I think so long, and someone can always email us, uh, contact at the cultural hall.com. I think so long as you don't have like records removed, I, I don't think that they can do it a second time. Yeah, so, so maybe I'm still good. Maybe yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, some of this ventures into step five, which is if you want, you can share your boundaries. And I appreciate this as part of this conversation uh, so, so very much. Um, let's talk about it. Uh, this is because of all the mistakes I made when I left. Um, my wonderful, amazing friends who are my most cherished humans on earth. Um, I would be like, but, but what about this? What about this? Like how, you know, kind of our impulse when we're like, um, in the anger phase of the grief cycle, because I don't want to downplay and especially like people being angry, uh, because I think that's also a thought stopping thing we do is like, we categorize people into being like, oh, they're just another angry ex-Mormon. You would be angry if like you felt like you had to leave the church that you've loved and felt betrayed by them. So like anger makes sense. What is more important is that we redirect that anger into, um, helpful, productive ways. Um, so Yelling at your friends isn't going to change anything. It's not going to do anything to help. It's not going to change their mind. And I always say, when you were active, when you were in the church, would that have helped you? Would that have done anything to you if somebody came screaming at you about all these church history stuffs or scary things that uh, uh, challenged your testimony? That that did nothing to me except like make me like not like them anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I want people to listen to me. I want, I want members and non-members to hear my message and, uh, and think that their point of view is they're just as valid and their experience is valid and they're exactly where they need to be. And we don't solve any problems by telling people screaming at them 
angrily about how wrong they are about everything um, from both sides. And uh, as, as people who leave the church, this is uh, a major issue because there's kind of, we don't really know what to do, what happens next. Like, or it's kind of like a, uh, your whole world kind of gets deleted. I always liken it to the, uh, I don't know if anybody watches SpongeBob, but there's an episode where he like has to delete everything for, about fine dining in his brain, and he delete like it shows all the SpongeBob's in his brain running around and being like, delete everything, delete, you know. And that's kind of what happened in my brain during my faith crisis. Like everything got deleted, and I was starting at scratch. And so there was no guidebook kind of like I had in the church as to like how to talk about things and like what's appropriate to talk about. So I just was like, well, how could you possibly believe that blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And it, and my friend, and this is important. My friend is an amazing human. She very lovingly was like, um, I'm finding it hard to be around you. I want to be around you. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is hard because every time we're around, I feel like I have to put my defenses up. And, and that broke my heart. I, I was like, I never want to make my friend feel like that ever again. Like she has to be on guard around me. Right. And so that really changed everything. And, and we still have like conflicts and stuff, but she will say, I'm coming over right now. We're going to go get some cookies and some drinks and we're going to talk this out. And um, so she is so big on communication and uh, because of that uh, and because of her expressing her boundaries and saying like, let's not let our girls nights turn into church stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I prepare beforehand and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm going to, I want to ask her about like what's happening at church. And um, I, and it also, makes her feel safe to complain about church from time to time and right. complain about her calling without me being like, well, just leave the church. That, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I can just say like, Oh, that's so hard. They're so lucky to have you in the primary. You're such a good leader, you know? Uh, so it's a, it's a very mutual respect to build. And I guess it just depends on what are your goals. If you want everybody to be mad at you, go ahead and scream all your, yeah. all your qualms or uh, put it into a little illustration and talk about communication. Uh. <laughs> and I think that it can be, um, you can set those boundaries in, in individual relationships. Um, my mom left the church and for a good long time, I just sort of said, Hey mom, we're not going to talk about this at all. The idea of religion, I just think that it, it's probably going to be better suited that we don't talk about that. And that was like that for 15 years. And now we're able to have conversations in and around, you know, my, my church participation and, and maybe that will change again, or maybe it won't or, or whatever. But in order to maintain that particular relationship, we had to say, you know what, this is too, this is too much of a thing. It still existed for her. It still existed for me, but we just, we, we can't talk about that. And other friends I have where I'm just like, you know what, let's talk about all the things we can. And, and we can do that. I think that that's important. And I think we, as people suck, not, not uh, Mormon people, but just people in general suck at placing boundaries and respecting people's boundaries. Yeah. And I love that you have found like ways to communicate that with all in all these different situations, because it is so different from person to person Mm -hmm. and the reasons can be so vast. So like 
making that a per person communication is a really great uh, point. A couple other things just to reiterate that you said. I love the the idea of when people scream at you. It, it I I've never had that opportunity where someone screamed at me or or was you know being super extra or whatever. And I go, you know, what a valid point. You know, all these things that I I've never considered. This. You convinced you. me. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I never. Oh, of course. Never yeah, thought I, of it that way. Thank you for yeah, yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I can't wait till you yell at me again. And then the other thing, you know, when we talk about like, um, like the, the passing of like a spouse or husband or child or something like that, we say things like at least, and that's the worst way that you could ever start a conversation. The, but how could you, when you leave the church or you're in the church talking to your person who's left the church, but how could you is not a thing that you can ever say, because there's not yeah. anything that will follow, but how could you, that will be constructive, loving, validating, etc. Right. And that's why different, like making that, acknowledging that everybody has a different reason, a different experience. Like even my husband and I left for two very different reasons. Like we hmm. had two very separate journeys and left at different times. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, both of those are so completely different and unique, like, and same people stay in the church for very different reasons. Uh, so to not clump everybody together is always a better idea. And just to understand everybody's experiencing their own human experience in different ways is an easy way to uh, reach across and uh, understand people better. Yeah. It leads us to step six, which is a little bit more specific towards this NGL, the app, and people being able to ask anonymous questions. But I think there's some value. Uh, you say, rather than finding comfort in a surfacey post about culture and positivity to soothe the discomfort of our beliefs being challenged, maybe instead... Uh, we should be asking some other questions uh, around that anonymity. Let's go into that just briefly. Uh, yes, because I thought even more interesting than like people asking uh, why people left or if they, if not necessarily why, because still with the anon anonymous app, people weren't asking why they've been mm -hmm. asked. They were asking if you left. They didn't still didn't want to know why. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's very telling that it took an anonymous app where nobody can even know who's asking the questions for people to hide behind that anonymity to even be brave enough to ask their friends. Mm -hmm. Because I bet a lot of the people asking were family, like siblings, yeah. were friends who were like, there's no way I can ever get this answer out of them. And like whether we like it or not, the answer to that question of if you're in the church or not really does change our perception and our behaviors towards people mm -hmm. for better or for worse. Like maybe it makes us more sensitive uh, to how we talk about church things around those people. A lot of people who didn't know I was out were like, oh, my brother's living with his girlfriend. He's not very strong in the church. Oh, what are we going to do? And here I am like, oh, I'm like in the process of leaving and they don't even know. Like, yeah. yeah. And so had they known I was leaving, they wouldn't have probably talked about it that way, or maybe would have like changed their perspective on how they feel about their brother or living with their girlfriend. Uh, and so I think the point that we have to hide behind these anonymous questions in order to have these like very impactful, meaningful conversations is evidence of a very sick system. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to value 
conversation and perspectives and practice like not projecting our feelings onto other people uh, if we're going to love people who leave or join uh, religions that we don't agree with uh, or anything like politically uh, anything like we're all living our lives based on information we've acquired. Yeah. Uh, that's why we're making decisions. And so like, just because somebody has different information doesn't mean we should be scared of them. We should be curious. We should, we should like want to know what's motivating. Like, I, I feel like it's such a gift when somebody feels comfortable enough to share their spiritual journeys or lack of spiritual journey with me. Like mm-hmm. what, a what, a a sacred experience that is for me. Um, and so like so many people have now and so many people just want to talk about this. And we, there's kind of this culture in the church that says like, we don't talk about people who leave. We don't like even president Nelson recently said, like, do not rehearse your doubts with other doubters. Do not like, there's a lot of labels that get applied to people who leave like lazy learners, like, you know, mm-hmm. and every conference, we're just kind of sitting there like, Oh no, my mom heard that. Ah! Like, yeah. And so instead of just like falling back on kind of these like talking points and saying like people who leave the church just should shut up and leave. Like, why can't they leave that, it alone? They'll be right. agitators forever. Yeah. Like uh, I experienced an extremely traumatic event of leaving my church and I do like to talk about it. And so many people feel like they have to suffer in silence. And this is even like in mixed faith marriages, people go like years without telling their spouses that they're having these doubts. Uh, Parents never know. And then suddenly are blindsided by their children leaving. Like if we just weren't scared to talk about these things, then it wouldn't be scary. Yeah. (laughs) It would be, like we would be healing as a society instead of being made to be afraid of each other and uh, scared of people who leave or less understanding of why people stay or, you know. The curious part of me wonders what the most bizarre or strangest response or like, I never would have seen that coming or just jaw dropping sort of interaction that you've had since this post. I mean, it, it was all over the place. Uh, it probably shows the sort of circles I am in on social media. 784 shares and, you know, just hundreds and hundreds of likes and comments. Uh, what kind of, res- or what is the big response that sticks in your mind is just like, m- maybe even memorable. We don't even have to say like oddest or strangest, just like, boom. Uh, well, if there is strangest, somebody came at me claiming to be Jesus. I was like, hooray. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm meeting him at last. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know was... he was coming. Oh, here you are. Yeah. Hello. Hey, I... So many questions. Um, I think like the coolest thing to see happen, because this was kind of scary. I, I have only posted a few church related things publicly like this. One of them was about my whole relationship with modesty culture, Mm -hmm. um, which really resonated with a lot of people. Uh, I didn't get much pushback. A lot of members were sharing it. And uh, so then when I posted this, I was like, this one's a little bit more, uh, (laughs) could be controversial, especially because it was in response to a lot of things my Mormon friends had been sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the most amazing thing to me that like fills my soul with joy is that members active members of the church were sharing this i 
I cannot even begin to describe how happy that makes me because it means it worked. Like the whole point was, I just want people to talk instead of saying like, I know you left the church, but I'm staying. And like, you left the church for stupid reasons and I'm staying, you know, like all of these conversations were doing nothing. I'm like, talk about why you stay in the church, but don't apply it to why people are stupid for leaving. Apply it to why it is memorable for you. So when I saw people inside the church feeling safe to share this and then like witnessing the conversations that came afterwards, even, even in the, uh, my original post on the comments, people were having discussions, active members and people who've left and people who've never been part of the church were talking in the most respectful way. Mm. Uh, just saying like, Oh, thank you for sharing. Like very polite wording. Like even when they were disagreeing, they were just, I feel like this set the tone for the conversation that was to then come. Uh, that's to not be combative. It's about understanding each other. It's not about proving who's right or wrong. It's just about acknowledging that we're all in different places. And if we care about each other, we'll talk about it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's dear Mormon me. You can find it. Are you uh, uh Instagram as well? Just Facebook. Tell me where we can yeah. find you. Facebook and Instagram. Um, Instagram is a little bit more active than my Facebook, but I post most of the content on both those places. Um, people can check it out. Uh, my guest has been Lily. Now, let me ask you this. There's a question we ask everyone who steps into the culture hall, and we ask you to interpret it however you may. But the question remains, what is your favorite part of your faith? Um, ooh, that is a good question. I think now uh, my favorite part of my faith is that um, everything I've experienced in my life has kind of been leading leading me up to where I am now. And like, if I were talking to dear Mormon me, I would thank her for getting me to this point in my life and everything that she did and believed to get me to this wonderful place I am now. And moving forward, uh, I think my faith is, I kind of define it as kind of like it's expanded a little bit where there's a freedom in not quite knowing what I believe. And uh, I think that's the most beautiful part about my faith right now is just acknowledging like I'm open to what the world, I'm receptive to what the world has to offer me and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm waiting for it and I'm excited for the future. And if you're hiring an animator, she's a very talented artist. She would love to be able to get into that. Uh, it's Dear Mormon Me on Facebook and Instagram. Lily, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, that if you're not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall. Amen. <laughs> Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back row. We really gotta go on the culture hall show.